Hello and welcome to the Wild Cornwall podcast, brought to you by Cornwall Wildlife Trust. My name's Tom and this episode will be our final one for 2022 and we'll be going on a journey to our Kabila and Red Rice Woods Nature Reserve. But as this year draws to a close, let's just reflect on one aspect of Cornwall Wildlife Trust's work this year, which presents a cause for celebration. Because 2022 was a record year for badger vaccinations in Cornwall, with 251 badgers being vaccinated. Over the last four years, more than 800 badger vaccinations have been carried out locally, thanks to a partnership between the Zoological Society of London, Cornwall Wildlife Trust and several groups of trailblazing farmers across Cornwall. The Cornwall Badger Vaccination Programme has grown as more farmers and landowners have come together to use bovine tuberculosis control methods as an alternative to culling. This Christmas we are appealing for donations to help protect badgers and other wildlife in Cornwall as we seek to continue vaccinating badgers on our nature reserves and extend this work further to other reserves, as well as facilitating badger vaccination more widely. If you'd like to donate to this appeal, just head over to our website and you'll find the link in the show notes. Today's episode features an interview with our East Cornwall Reserves Officer at Kabila and Red Rice Woods. And I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to Stuart talk about the woods as much as I did, though hopefully you'll stay drier as you do so than we did on a very wet afternoon. Good afternoon, Stuart and Chloe. Welcome to the Wild Cornwall podcast. Great to have you here. And Stuart, your role for Cornwall Wildlife Trust is East Cornwall Reserves Officer. That is correct, yep. And Chloe, you are Trainee Reserves Officer. Yep, that's me. And how long have you been in your role, Chloe? Uh, God, how long has it been? Nine months? Yes. Yeah. And have you learned a huge amount in that time? Yes. Yeah. What's Very been the best thing? Back horse. I went to go on a back horse. Excellent. It was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to see them really close up. So, yeah. Fantastic. So, Stuart, what, how many reserves do you have to look after? In total, um, so we've got 17 reserves um, in East Cornwall. Um, so uh, the reserves team were split into three. So we've got West, Mid, and East. Uh, and we've got probably the largest area to cover. Um, so we're right down from the Rain Peninsula in the south, um, all the way up uh, the border with Devon, uh, up to Bude, and then if you come across. Um, we're currently in Kabila and Red Rice, uh, which is just on the edge of Bodmin, so that's about as far east. So that that's area we cover. Um, really, you know, it's quite an obviously extensive area, and the reserves are spread out within that. And what's a, what's a day in the life of for you guys? What what sort of things you get up in the morning and go and do? Um, it depends. Uh, it is very much seasonally orientated. So um, you will obviously um, have different tasks throughout the year, uh, depending on the reserves. I mean, one of the one of the big advantages working for Common Wildlife Trust is the diversity of reserves that I look after, the different habitats. Um, which you know, when I've worked for other organisations, that's not necessarily been the case. And um, so, say for instance, in the summer, 
um, you know, there's a lot of meadow management, um, so that would be cutting, collecting uh, meadows and in the winter we then tend to focus more on lots to be a lot of tree work, um, so that will be tree safety management, um, it will also be, um, we do a lot of coppice works and a lot of felling and extraction as well. So depends on the season uh, and obviously depends on the location. So, but it's extremely varied again, which is one of the great things about the job and one of the reasons, you know, why I want to become a reserves officer or ranger um, when I was growing up. It's just, you know, no one day is the same. And um, yeah, it's just a lovely thing to do. It sounds great. And, and today we're at Kabila and Red Rice Woods Nature Reserve and this is, you know, we're just on the lunch break at the moment for you guys. What's, what's this afternoon hold? Um, so this afternoon, so we're currently, we're into, so this is our winter works time. So when we tend to do a lot of the, you know, I'll get people, they'll, they'll often come up to me, particularly during the summer, and they go, oh, it's wonderful working, you know, out in the countryside and stuff like that in the summer. And I say, well, not really, because, you know, there's a lot of people around. In the winter, we get all the places to ourselves and it's when we really get to do a lot of our conservation work as well and um, so this afternoon we'll be doing um, we're doing felling work and um, so uh, Kabila and Red Rice um, just to give you a little bit of background so it's a semi-natural ancient woodland um, so it's been a woodland for at least since the 1600s um, but we have records that go back to the doomsday and probably in all likelihood um, it's probably been woodland because of the topography of the site, it's on a slope. It's probably been woodland since the last ice age. Um, uh, but on this site during the 20th century, uh, there, was a, there was a number of um, plantings of conifers, which are non-native species. Um, so in this particular instance, there's a small plantation of larch. Uh, so we will be felling and later on in the season, we will extract that as well. And then the, the idea is then for the um, native species, the deciduous species, they will then naturally regenerate within that, which is obviously better for the native wildlife. So that's why you do it. It's better for yes. wildlife here. And what sort of wildlife is that going to help? Um, so we've got a range of animals here. Uh, we're lucky in, in that because of that sort of continuity of management, which I spoke about, you know, it's been a woodland for a very long time we've then managed to hold on to a lot of species um, that would have maybe existed in the wider countryside over time, but which have been lost through land use chains. And so we have a good population of dormice here, which that the, you know, that felling and then the regeneration of, um, you know, the native trees, particularly hazel, um, that will help them. Um, it will help, we've got a really good um, butterfly population here. It's one of the best sites in the county for butterflies. Um, I believe there's about um, 24 species on record um, that we've got here. So opening up that canopy, letting more light in, um, so then you would encourage the ground flora um, and uh, you know um, that be nectar plants for the butterfly. Um, again it also helps foraging so we've got um, lesser and greater horseshoe bats on site um, so um, there's um, Victorian mining sites here so there's an adit um, which they can then roost in um, but for foraging you know when they come out these open areas great for the insects that they feed on so um, yeah I mean it, 
it ties in with, with all these animals and it will help them in various different ways throughout the life stages. Mm. Sounds like a huge job though to manage a site of this size. How, how big exactly is it? Um, so yeah, the, the actual site itself, it's roughly 76 um, hectares. So that makes it one of the largest um, ancient woodland sites in the county. I, th I think it's about the fourth biggest site. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of challenges um, with it being that size. Um, you, I mean, you're, not, you're never going to be able to do everything that you want at once. Um, so this particular site, it's under an environmental stewardship scheme. Um, so that is a 10-year scheme um, with a work plan. Um, that is factored in over those years so we will do things incrementally uh, and then the idea is um, to create um, as we're clearing and doing the various works you start to create instead of it being um, a lot of uh, woodlands in the past they, they've actually lacked management uh, and they've become very sort of um, like monocultures, um, so the stands, um, they become even aged, which uh, doesn't provide enough opportunities and habitat opportunities for these animals. So by breaking that up and creating different ages, different structures within the woodland, um, it will then, then help these species. And that can only be done over time, um, you know, over this, this 10 year period. And then from there, we'll, we'll then sort of have a rethink and then come up with another management plan. So what's the background of the site in terms of Cornwall Wildlife Trust? When, when did we take this site on? Um, so this site was bought in 1997. Um, uh, that was with Hedge Lottery Fund money. Um, and um, initially, I mean, I, I don't think there was a great deal of uh, work done on the site, uh, purely down to um, resources. Um, within the trust itself and also funding streams but we've been fortunate now that we've gone into the environment stewardship scheme which I think was 2018 we've really been able to give the site the focus um, that we'd like to uh, and um, you know it's slowly sort of coming back into some form of management mm. um, and I'm really optimistic for the future because um, you know, it's a cracking site um, and I think it, it deserves that and you know um, each year it gets better and um, yeah it's looking it's looking good for the future that's great so what what's your key hopes for, for this if you were to come back in five or ten years time what would you what would you love what would be on your wish list to see um, so I mean so all the things that I spoke about so you know we're looking to get this the site back into to good management and um, to sort of break up the canopy layer and to, to create those those habitats for those specialist um, for the specialist species that are that are present but you know we want them to, to thrive and we want them to be you know we want these to be strongholds and areas that if you know um, adjacent landowners you know um, that they can possibly then go out into the wider countryside so we want them to be real strongholds um, and you know just a, a pleasant place to visit and you know just to sort of be surrounded by wildlife um, which it's going to be it's great for Cornwall Wildlife Trust, but also you know the wider countryside as well. Yeah. And so, talking about visiting, is this somewhere that you know someone listening to this interview where they could come visit and come and have a walk? So it's de yeah, it's definitely one of our um, for um, for access. It's one of our better reserves. 
um, so it's it's near the A38 um, just outside of Bodmin so it's, it's literally just off the main road um, but you wouldn't know it you know once you're in the woods um, you know it feels like you know you could be a million miles away from it um, it's got good parking um, and it's got a good um, series of paths um, and you know it's well signposted and there's good interpretation as well so it's just a lovely place to visit um, but you know I, I find woodlands they're great at all times of the year but if you know you had to force me I would say the spring mm-hmm. because um, with native woodlands you've got fantastic grand flora so you come in here there's a brilliant bluebell display you'll have wood anemones all these indicator species um, of ancient woodland um, you'll have the butterflies as well and um, you know when the leaves uh, start coming out in the trees and they have this kind of vibrant uh, colour to them it's just a wonderful place to be and you know the bird song as well so yeah if that was um, if I had to recommend then it would be in the spring definitely. Yeah. And we can hear some of the bird song uh, around us now even though it's raining a little bit <laughs> this <laughs> yeah, afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> are, there, are there bird species that you would hope to see come back to this site? Yes, I mean definitely you've um, you, you sort of got the holy trinity of um, the summer migrant birds and um, so pied flycatchers and um, you know previously they you know they have been recorded on this site and we do you know periodically we get them but again that that would certainly be a species that we'd um, like to, to see more of and um, we've got a bird box scheme uh, where we try and encourage you know more nesting sites for them um, and we've also um, we've recently done survey work on um, our ancient and veteran trees here and um, we've now got a work program in place and um, whereby we can try and uh, create more of the nesting habitats which they need um, we've also uh, red starts would um, certainly be another species we'd like to encourage and also wood warblers as well I mean all these species uh, across the country you know they're declining um, but you know the management work that we're involved in will hopefully try and encourage these species back into sight. Strikes me Stuart that you sound quite optimistic in the way you speak about the work you're doing it must um must be a real privilege to to come out here and and do that be part of that i mean yeah i mean i do i feel incredibly lucky to work on these sites uh i mean the optimism you know it's always tinged i think Mm. when you you work in conservation and you know it's it's your passion and you're there day in day out you you know you don't want to be too pessimistic because the trends (laughs) you know the trends are all they're going in one direction if you look at um uh, the, the reports, um, uh, you know, the, um, the nature reports that are um, that come out, um, but you know, you've got to be optimistic um, because you know that's the only way we're going to change things. Uh, and you know, and, and I've got a great opportunity to you know to work on the ground, and you know, I, I'm lucky in that I can see these things. You know, th- there's a very simple correlation. You know, if we do the management work. Um, then you know you're creating a space for these animals to then move into and it, it's lovely I, when I've worked on places in the past you know and you see that happen it really you know it's what drives you and you know it, it's what gets you you know out of bed in the morning if you see that that's 
you know, it really does fill you with joy. So yeah, you've got to be optimistic, really. What, what in all your the time you've been working in conservation, what's been the best site you've seen? Bit of wildlife, a joyful moment. Um, I, I mean, it's. I mean, my passion's butterflies. Um, so, you know, and I've done a lot of work with um, the fertility species. Um, so you've got a range of fertility species uh, in and around Cornwall and Devon. Um, so I was I was lucky enough to work on the um, uh, with butterfly conservation and we worked uh, the small pearl border and pearl border fertility and uh, we worked on sites um, trying to increase the so their um, the their uh, caterpillar uh, food plant species is dog violet so we worked on a number of sites trying to increase the numbers of dog violets in them uh, and over the years you know we had increasing trends of um, uh, particularly with the pearl border fertility and you know it, it was uh, my job to go out and do this, the, the surveys and there's nothing like going out on a, on a May day and seeing you know just oh, it's a wash of butterflies as you Amazing. as you walk through the heather and you know and, and they move uh, out of the way and it's really yeah you know the work that you're doing is working you're and, helping um, to create the conditions absolutely that, that, yeah. yeah 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 you know you've had a very small part in that and mm. it feels it feels good yeah great well, I think we'll um, we'll call it a day there. The rain is, is <laughs> yeah. not showing any signs of letting up and uh, you've got some management work to do this afternoon. So yeah. thank you no, very much for your time. Yeah, thank you. All the best. If you would like to visit Kabila and Red Rice Woods, then have a look at the page on our website. You can find a link to that as well as directions in the show notes. That's all for the Wild Cornwall podcast this year. Join us in 2023 for season two.